I am very excited to be uh, preaching uh, tonight, and uh, just bear with me. Uh, uh, I'm going to try my best to, to speak what the, I think the Lord is trying to speak through me tonight, so I just ask that you, know, you just listen, uh, and if you have a distraction with you, uh, that you'd put it away or you'd get rid of it, because uh, you know, we as Emerge Leaders, we want the Lord to speak to you. We want you to come every Wednesday and get something new out of it for the Lord to speak to you. Um, and it's hard to do that when you're distracted, when you're watching fantasy football or whatever. So, uh, just listen up, all right? Understand? Yes, sir. All right. So tonight we are continuing our series called Scary Christians. Uh, who's been here the past two weeks? A few of us. A lot of us, actually. That's good. Uh, we're diving into the Holy Spirit, uh, what he does, how he works, and how he impacts our lives and tonight, we're, I'm going to be talking about how the Holy Spirit lives and, and dwells, dwells uh, oh my Lord, he lives inside of us, um, and how that impacts us today. So I'm going to be starting in the book of Romans. If you have a Bible on you, if not, we are going to have it on the screen. Uh, Romans, the eighth chapter, verses nine through 11, all right, it's on the screen. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit, if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you have made it right with God. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Jesus, Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same spirit living within you. Now, what does this mean? It's a big old chunk of scripture. It means that if we call ourselves Christians, if we are saved by God's grace and we have we've repented of our sins and we call ourselves Christians, followers of God right now, we already have the spirit of God living inside of us. You see, once Jesus was ascended into heaven, Jesus said that he, the, um, the helper, would come. It says this in the book of Luke um, and the book of Acts. Um, that the helper would come if, I, um, if he goes up into heaven. And that helper is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is living in us today. Um, he chose to live inside of us. You know, he could be living anywhere he wanted, uh, but he cho- chose to take refuge inside of us which, like, all that to say it's important what's, like, on the inside of us, right? It's important what's on the inside. Have you ever, like, looked at something, maybe it's, like, a food or, or like, a home or something, and it looks good on the outside, but, like, on the inside, it's not so good, you know? Or conversely, has something, like, looked bad on the outside or it's been really good on the inside? Maybe, maybe not. Let me give you an example. Uh... A few weeks ago, some friends and I, we took a trip up to Minneapolis, Minnesota, and while we were there, it just so happened that the Kansas City Chiefs happened to be playing the Minnesota Vikings. So, of course, we went to the Vikings Stadium, which is U.S. Bank Stadium. I think it's like the third or fourth or or fifth newest NFL stadium in the United States. Uh, it's like five, six years old, which means it's really, really nice. State of the art. I mean, look at that. That's, ain't that beautiful? It's like a, 
It looks like a Viking ship. That's why I love it. It's so like theatrical to them. And like, and like the things inside of it are really cool and high technology. I mean, they have a freaking horn. I just said freaking crap. Um, uh, they have a horn and they have fire and a drum line and, and they're, they're, they go for the theatrics, right? It's a really cool stadium on the outside. Um, but the only problem is it's the stadium for the Minnesota Vikings. So, <laughs> I'm sorry, Skull, my bad. But not a great NFL team, am I right? <laughs> That's funny. Um, but it's a pretty cool stadium. But the inside of the stadium is eh, Kirk Cousins, eh. Justin Jefferson, he's pretty good though, right? Um, conversely, I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings, but Arrowhead on the outside, I love Arrowhead, love Arrowhead with all my heart. It's <laughs> buns, okay. Uh, it's a underwhelming looking stadium. Would you guys agree with that? Yes, it's not too exciting. It's, it's really old also, but it's not too exciting on the outside. Uh, doesn't have a lot of theatrics or cool stuff to it. However, it's home to the Kansas City Chiefs, you know. Woo, let's get a little excited for that. And the people of KC are pretty awesome, right? We get a little excited for the football. Uh, we kind of go hard in the tailgating section. Uh, so what's on the inside of that stadium makes up for how kind of mediocre it looks on the outside. Does that make sense? You see what I'm getting? And there's a lot of things that like look disappointing on the outside but are good on the inside. Have you ever had like a Chicago pizza? It's like, <laughs> it's, it's like a casserole actually. It's like sauce on top and then cheese in the middle. And like you wouldn't even know it but if you bite into it you'd be like there's a sausage in here because the sausage is underneath. I don't really have a point to that, but when you talk about pizza, you don't need one. So, what I'm trying to say is the inside matters, you know. What's on the inside of our hearts is super, super important. If we claim to be Christians, followers of God, there needs to be a change both on the inside of our hearts and out. If we are new Christians, the Holy Spirit should be transforming us from the inside, and that in turn should be reflected on our outward actions. Does that make sense? All right. First Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16, it says, Don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God lives in you? You see, we are the temple of God. Doesn't it feel good to, to be called the temple of God? That's a cool name. Temple. Temple is awesome temple, yeah. Um, all of us together, we make up God's temple in which the Holy Spirit lives and works through. You see, like this idea of like the temple and us being the temple um, dates long before um, the time of Jesus. In the Old Testament, uh, there was actually a little section. If you don't know about the Old Testament or uh, the history back then, there was a section of the temple that was like reserved and they called it like the holiest of holies. And the thought behind this was only like a few people 
um, a few select people could go inside this holiest of holies area. And the thought behind this was that God was so holy, so powerful, um, and so perfect that mankind, with our sinful nature and how sinful we are, we couldn't even get close to it because it'd be unsafe. We, we were, you know, we weren't worthy of being um, around such holiness, if that makes sense. But then Jesus, the Son of God, came down sent by God as the ultimate sacrifice to die on the cross and to, to be the perfect atonement, the perfect sacrifice for our sins on the cross. So that, that veil was torn, uh, literally and figuratively. Now mankind, um, our sins are represented on the cross, and now we have direct access to God and the Holy Spirit um, day in and day out. We don't need to, to segment it to a certain area or to a certain time, the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. I know I'm saying that a lot, but that's because I want you to understand that. The Holy Spirit is in us right now if we, are, if we call ourselves Christians. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19, it says, Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. This is a very, very tough pill to swallow for Christians, but it is, it's so true. I love this verse because it makes it very clear the duty and the role of the Holy Spirit in modern day to live in us and to work through us and to make his presence known. And it also explains our role. We are not our own. We are supposed to, um, trying to think of a good way to word it, sacrifice ourselves. No, that's a bad way of wording it. Um, uh, die into ourselves in order to let the Holy Spirit work. Does that make sense? We're not our own. We are his. We are called to live in spirit, not in flesh. What does this mean and how does this work? Um, I have a few things tonight. Uh little pointers about like how the Holy Spirit, if the Holy Spirit is working inside of us and has taken resident inside of us, um, I have like four tips or points about what that's going to look like for us and how we are supposed to act, okay? So first point I want to make is the Holy Spirit is going to guide us. The Holy Spirit guides us. Um, This is a pretty easy one to understand. But there's a reason why in the scriptures um, the Holy Spirit is referred to as an advocate, as a helper. God is going to help you, or the Holy Spirit's going to help you. He's going to guide you um, to certain things, to certain actions, and we are just to listen and to follow him. He'll give us directions to go. He'll give us um, a calling in our lives um, and a path that we are supposed to take. He's going to implant um, actions that we are supposed to take. He's going to tell us what to do in a certain circumstance and how to act and how to respond. He's going to make us feel confident about a decision. He's going to make us feel convicted about a decision. That's how we know we sin is because it's the Holy Spirit working inside of us. Um, and he's convicting us and he's saying, no, this isn't right. This is, this is the right thing to do. It's in all these ways that the Holy Spirit is going to guide us. And all we have to do is we just got to listen. We got to be obedient. Point number two, the Holy Spirit gives us fruits. And I'm not talking about a banana or an apple. Um, 
the Bible talks about um, very specific fruits of the Holy Spirit um, that are kind of virtues that we are to um, enact through the power of the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5, verses 22 and 23, it says, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Now, all of these things are, are, are driven by the Holy Spirit. Notice that, like, in this book, in this um, passage of Scripture, it doesn't say the fruits of our own efforts or the fruits of, like, mankind's own doing. It does not say that. It's not called that. They're called the gifts of the, the fruits of the Holy Spirit, meaning that this is the Holy Spirit working through us. It's, it's not so much of our own doing as it's just letting the Spirit work, letting the Spirit um, help us to enact love and joy and peace and gentleness and self-control and all these things. Third point, the Holy Spirit equips us. Um, the, if you don't know this yet, uh, you will know it eventually. Uh, if we call ourselves followers of God, and we're true to that, if we're if we're true um, followers of God, and we're not just saying it, um, challenges are going to arise. No one ever said Christianity was easy. Um, there are lots of difficulties to it, and if you don't know that, you will eventually know that. But luckily, we have a Holy Spirit that is going to equip us with what we need when we need it. You know. Um, And kind of like what I was just saying, there's a reason why he's called the advocate and the helper in the Bible, because he is going to help us see us through. And we, we are able to rely on that, rely on the Holy Spirit in our lives. Um, we just have to, you know, there's, there's going to be a lot of difficulties that we have to face um, how are we going to, God calls us to, to love and, and the Sermon on the Mount, he tells us to turn the other cheek, um, which is so much easier said than done, you know. Uh, how are we in a moment of anger when, when someone says something mean to you or someone hurts you, someone hurts your feelings down in your soul, how are you in that moment going to be strong and say, you know what, it's okay, instead of lashing back or letting it eat at you, you know. How are you going to do that through the Holy Spirit? When there's a time that you're going to have to be a witness for Jesus, because that's one of the things that we are called to do as disciples, is to be his witness to a world that doesn't know him or may not want him. How are you going to advocate for him at a time when people don't want to hear it or where they're quick to push you away? How are you going to do that? through the Holy Spirit? How are you going to, to beat this sin that has been eating you up um, this, this whole time and it feels like there's no end? How can you do that? How can you break the chains in your life? Through the power of the Holy Spirit. He equips us. Now, all these things are great, um, but there's one last thing that we need to understand. If we want the Holy Spirit to work in our lives, um, and that's the Holy Spirit requires our whole selves. The Holy Spirit requires our whole selves. Um, 
what does this mean? It means we're supposed to not divide up our time or our focus. Uh, um, we are to... The Bible talks about not serving two masters. Um, you know, one cannot serve two masters. And uh, maybe you're not worshiping another religion or another God, but maybe we have like an idol in our life, you know, that's taking place of where the Holy Spirit once should be. Um, I think that's something that we can all relate to. You know, we may love God with all our hearts, um, and we may we may come Wednesdays and Sundays, and we may be on fire for him, and and, and we may be worshiping him, and we may be reading our Bible in our small groups with our friends, or, or we may be um, on fire for God here in this room, but m- maybe sometime else, like throughout the week, there's something that just takes that place, and you don't have that fire, you don't have that focus, just like you do here on a Wednesday night. And that's a normal thing that happens to us all. But we can't serve two masters. There's got to be a certain point where God has to be your sole focus. Um, I'm going to quote Mr. Ty Williams. I heard him do a little message Sunday night at the Grain Valley football field. And he said, if you only eat on a Wednesday, you're going to starve. If you only eat on a Sunday, you're going to starve. It's got to be a consistent thing. You don't just eat on a Monday and a Wednesday. Same thing with your spiritual fulfillment. We got to be focused 24-7. And if something arises, we got to notice and we got to take action. You know, I'll give you, I'll give you a personal example. Um, for the longest time, something that kind of was an idol in my life was, was music, you know. If you couldn't tell already, I kind of like music. It's kind of an important thing um, and something that I'm really interested in. But there, there was a certain time in my life, like in high school, where it was almost borderline obsessive, and it really took the reins of my faith. So it would get to a point where I'd be like, God, I love you. On a Wednesday night, I'd be like, God, I love you Sunday. God, I love you. But then, like, when you go back home, all I cared about was music. All I cared about was, oh, how could I what is this band doing or what, what do I enjoy in this or how can I, how can I improve in music? Um, it really clouded my mind and it took my focus. It was a full-on idol in my life and it was dragging me down. And because of that, I wasn't, the Holy Spirit wasn't going to be able to work through me because I was filled up with just this idol in my life. We have to get rid of idols. And once you get rid of those idols, and once you just allow the Holy Spirit to fill you to, to a complete end, um, and you just begin to listen to the Holy Spirit and obey on what he um, is requiring you to do, you're going to see it um, put into fruition. Second Corinthians 6, 16, verses 17. Sorry about that. Second Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16 through 17, it says, And what union can there be between God's temples, uh, temple and idols? For we are the temple of the living God, and God said, I, want, I will live in them and walk among them. I will be their God, and they will be my keep, people. You see, God doesn't want you to, to, to just serve him when it's convenient or whenever you're interested in, and then the remainder of the time fill it with an idol. He wants your full attention, and he wants you and your, your spirit to be filled with him entirely. 
So I, I just challenge us all tonight, you know, let's examine ourselves. Let's examine if we have, like, something in our lives, an idol in our lives that's, that's maybe taking rain, maybe not taking rain all the time, but maybe taking rain during partial um, parts of the time. And I just, I just would challenge you just to act in faith and to get rid of that because I think once you get rid of that, the Holy Spirit's really going to do a number on you, and, and you'll really, really, really see it play through.